This episode is brought to you by HealthMate Saunas. After much research and study into finding ways to increase my energy, all answers pointed towards incorporating saunas into my recovery. Infrared saunas differ from traditional saunas because they warm you from the inside out. Saunas provide deep relaxation and boost that energy through increased blood flow and also cleanse the system, release toxins and provide a deep detox. For me, I use my sauna at the end of a tough workout or after a busy working day. And of course, having the sauna conveniently in my house removes all obstacles of making it part of my weekly routine. I simply plug in my HealthMate to the usual household plug and I'm ready to go. But why is a HealthMate better than any other infrared sauna? HealthMate are the global market leader in infrared saunas and have been for the last 40 years. They're the only company to offer a patented infrared technology which guarantees that infrared penetrates deep beneath the skin, critical to getting our health benefits. They only use green and sustainable materials on their saunas and are the only company to offer an unconditional lifetime warranty. Personally, I have a two-person cabin, but there are a variety of models, shapes, and sizes that can work for you, all available at health-mate.co.uk. Go to their website to get yours. This is Take Flights with Mark Whittle. Welcome to Take Flight. I'm Mark Whittle, former city worker turned performance coach, and this is your place for inspiration, and education on ways to optimize your performance and find your purpose. The most powerful force in the world is to be consistent with your identity. If the shoes don't fit, take them off. You can lie to everyone else, but you can't lie to yourself. You need to trade your expectations for appreciation. You know, we only live once. When all is said and done, the only thing you have left is your memories. The guest this week is the incredibly talented and hugely promising professional footballer, Freddie Woodman. Freddie is a goalkeeper currently signed to Newcastle United. Born in Crawley into a footballing family, at the ripe age of 24, Freddie has already achieved so much in his career. Originally signed to Newcastle in 2014, at only 17 years old, from Crystal Palace, he's since been on loan at different clubs for seven seasons, most notably for Swansea City during the 2020 season, where he kept 20 clean sheets in his 52 appearances, winning the Championship Golden Glove Award, the same year Ivan Tony won the Golden Boot. This year, Freddie is back at his parent club, Newcastle United, where he started the first four games of the season before picking up an injury. The last of those four games was in Cristiano Ronaldo's famous return to Old Trafford. We talk about the surreal moment Freddie saw arguably the best player in the world, someone he's watched as a kid, bearing down on his goal in the theatre of dreams. We also talk about Freddie's routines. He's an incredibly disciplined, incredibly organised individual. I was blown away by what he does before games and in between fixtures during the week. We discuss meditation, mindset and ultimately all the things he believes has led to his biggest achievements. He is a top, top lad. It was such a pleasure speaking with him. Please enjoy this special conversation with one of the greatest up-and-coming goalkeepers in the world, Freddie Woodman. Freddie Woodman, welcome to the Take Flight podcast. No, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I'm buzzing, buzzing to be here. Listen to the pod all the time, so uh, to be on it now is uh, really good for me. Oh, mate, no, I love that. When I asked you, you're like, yeah, I listen to it all the time. I was like, that's even better. <laughs> yeah, no, all the time, always on my walks. Um, sometimes when I wake up early in the morning, stick it on. It's probably up there with one of my favourite pods. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing to be on it, to be fair. Oh, thanks, mate. No, it's great. And um, I suppose we met through the, the WhatsApp group that we're in. Yeah, Tribal Mentors, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Simon set up this uh, this group chat of just inspiring, for me, inspiring people. And yeah, we've been able to like connect through that. Mm. So yeah, like I said, that, that group is uh, pretty special, isn't it? Yeah. And some, some of the wisdom you get off it. Yeah. Little, uh, little nuggets of wisdom perfect yeah how do you know simon do you know what i don't actually know simon okay. i i funny enough i listened to a podcast of one of the tribal mentors and my financial advisor sam who's part of the tribe mm -hmm. he mentioned it and i said you've got to do everything you can to get me in this group chat like i've heard it like two or three times in different pods so i was on to him all the time saying sam you've got to get me in this group you've got to get mm -hmm. me in this group he managed to get a, a call with simon and I, I was like almost begging Simon, like, please put me in this group chat, please put me in this group chat. So when I finally got in it, I was buzzing. And like I said, yeah, there's uh, there's, there's so many great in, uh, inspiring people for yeah. me, you know, being a younger person and, and from all different aspects of life, which which I kind of like. It's not like everyone there is a sports star mm. or, or a footballer, you know, because obviously I, I come from the football background. Um, it's nice to see people from all aspects of the world, uh, to be fair. I love that, mate. So you were actively seeking to get involved in the group, be around those types of people, because not everybody does, especially not in the football world. Would, yeah. you, would you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, being in a football world, you can get caught up in the football world. And it's like, you know, football is the only thing. And I think younger players will know that you only get inspired by, you know, the football stars. So it was great to sort of take myself out of that mm. and then see people from all different walks of life and seeing how they're, you know, still on the same sort of development path that I'm on. It's almost like that, the, which I live by, is the, the Kaizen saying, you know, the continuous mm. improvement. It feels like it's just a group of people just on the same path, which, which I absolutely love. <laughs> love it. Where, where did you hear the Kaizen thing? I heard that when I was 16. Yeah? Yeah, when I was 16 and it's just stuck. I broke my ankle and I'm, I started seeing a guy called Steve Black. Okay. He worked with the British Lions and that, and he used it and he kept using it. I was thinking, why does he keep using this word? Went and like searched up and, and then started studying it and I was just like, yeah, I, 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 I wanna be Kaizen, like, I wanna live my life like that. And I think, uh, I think the All Blacks mm -hmm. in Legacy, uh, the book Legacy, uh, that was the first book I ever read. Really? First book I ever read, yeah. So they use it in that. And after that, I was just hooked on this whole Kaizen and I got a gym at home and I got like Kaizen sprayed on the wall and everything. Yeah, it's like, uh, I'm obsessed with, I wouldn't say obsessed, but I think that's at the forefront of my mind, Kaizen, with everything I do. Amazing, mate. I love that. So I sat down with Sean Wayne. I don't know if you follow rugby particularly, but he's, no. he's a Wigan Warriors coach for a very, very long time, like incredibly successful what he did. And, and he was another one of these who embodied Kaizen and he had it tattooed on him and, really? and all sorts. Yeah, and it's it's been a, a fairly consistent thing with a lot of top performers. So I love that, mate. We're... we're we're 120 seconds into the podcast. We're talking about <laughs> purpose and continual growth. It's, it's, it's amazing. We also celebrated a night when we went to AJ. You went with, you, with with your dad, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I went last night with my dad. Yeah, some some event like the whole event. You know, everything was was amazing. But yeah, it's, it's a shame to see AJ get beat. But yeah. like to be fair, to, I'm not really a boxing fan. I kind of just went for the the whole experience. But um, I like seeing you know. I don't know if it's different on TV, like being there and seeing like the whole like, aspect that, that them boxers have to go through. Mm -hmm. And I was just, I was a bit like blown away. I was a bit like, I, gave, I probably didn't give them as, as much respect as I should have. And like, you know, it, my dad said actually, funny enough, as, as AJ was walking in, they're like modern day gladiators, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Going in to yeah. like, just have, have a scrap. Yeah. 
But yeah, it's a good event. But I wish yeah, I wish AJ would have won. No, to be fair, no, no, mate, me too. But similar to you, I was blown away by, by the whole spectacle, like the fireworks. Yeah, put it on. Yeah, you don't see. Like, well, I don't really. I obviously, I don't really follow yeah. boxing, and it was almost like um, it's like being a like a footy match. Yeah. You know, it was it was massive. I couldn't yeah. believe it. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. So yeah, fair play to the uh, <laughs> to the boxers. Yeah, it, do you know what I, I couldn't help but think about the whole time is how they don't psych themselves out. And this is actually something I'll, I'd love to speak with you about is focus and concentration really like the amount of time they're in the changing room yeah. beforehand knowing that they're about to step into the ring and have a fight have a dust up essentially yeah. whether they're professionals or not like that's essentially that's you know that's what it is and even the walk-in and the music and the people screaming the names and like just the whole energy around them like i think it's incredible they have the emotional capacity to stay level-headed and not yeah. not lose their shit yeah definitely i i, I even think yesterday you know, I was probably still in my Kaizen mood of like, you know, I was watching the different boxers as they come in and you could see AJ, he was just completely calm, laughing, happy. And, you know, that's probably the way he does mm. things. Whereas I think it's Usyk, yeah. he come in and he just looked like he was going to war, no no expression, straight in the ring and nothing. And I think the same what I see in football is, you know, I think everyone's got their own way of dealing with, with the sort of like outside noise, if, if you call it, and the stadiums and stuff. Everyone's got their own way, which which I love, and I I love seeing the, the contrast of you know AJ being t totally chilled out and sort of free, whereas Usyk just looked like he was ready to go and kill someone. <laughs> but you see it in football the same. I've played with players that are you know banging their heads off the wall before we go out, and I've seen other players just relaxing on their phones, yeah. just playing like games on their f like Candy Crush on their phones, and I think oh it, like which way like how do I which who do I follow? Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean like. Which way is the right way? But now I've got older, I realise there is no right way. It's just finding what works for you. And if Candy Crush works for one player and banging the head off the wall works for another, then that's fine. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I enjoyed seeing the contrast of of, of the of the two boxers going into the ring. Mm. So, what, what's your way at the moment then? Like pre-game, what what do you do? Do you know what I try? I think routine's important, but what I found in football, things can change very quickly. So I kind of not really like set in stone things that I have to do all the time. Like I'm not superstitious, for, for example. But before the game, I like to be chilled out. I don't like to be too uptight. I like to listen to some good music. And some people like to listen to like headbanging, like loud music. I like, you know, a little bit of Jerry Cinnamon or something like that <laughs> in, in my head, headphones. And also just, just going over things in my mind. I think visualisation is, is, is super important. So I sort of just try and in my own time, really, just go over things in my mind and, and, and sort of go, go about it that way. Is that in the changing room, like beforehand on the day you'll visualise or day before? Or? Yeah, yeah, before before the game yeah. in the changing room, we get a bit of time before we go out for the warm-up. So it gives you a good chance to just sort of like, you know, take a breath. Mm -hmm. um, I, I especially found that important maybe this season, because obviously I've gone into play into the Premier League and, you know, the, the hype and everything that comes with it, like it's just it's just amped up. So you've got to kind of have that moment where you're like, right, relax, yeah. like get ready to, to go out to warm up, come back in, relax, go out, do the first half, half time, relax. Like, I feel like you've got to have the moments where you're like, right, you know, just take a breather, take a few breaths, and then you can go again sort of thing. Um, I found that's been important for me this season. Mm, so interesting, mate. I think that's something I really want to talk to you about. So I've had people like Wayne Bridge on, for example, who, who was retired, already finished his career. Thomas Robson Canu, who was literally verging on the end of his career, he's a free agent at the minute, just finished at West Brom. So I'd like to speak with you and hear your perspective in your debut season in the Premier League, specifically after such a successful season last year as well. 
Like, what, what was that like, mate? Like, everything that you worked towards was ultimately to get that Premier League debut. Yeah. How did it feel it, one day? It's crazy, to be fair, because, you know, fair play to my dad, who's here today. Um, as soon as I got my trial for Crystal Palace, he was on the goal-setting path with me. He told me that I need to start setting goals. And the, the Premier League debut was the one. And, like, we, we wrote it down. And, you know... You write down goals and you think, yeah, like, I want to play in the Premier League, but it's so far away because at 14 or, you know, whenever I was, yeah, you, you, you think it's so far away. So, yeah, to finally, like, tick it off and literally, like, it's on my wall, so I, you know, crossed the Premier League debut, crossed off. Like, it just it gives me, like, a bit of shivers now. But then your mind's always like, right, what's next? What's next? What's next? And I think that's the importance of goal setting. It's not like you cross it out and you're done. It's like cross out, done, right, I need to go for something else. And... Yeah, I think that's that, that's very important. When people speak about getting in a rut or losing motivation or for one reason or another, not necessarily feeling aligned with what they're doing. And this certainly isn't isn't you, but I just want to use these three things as an example and hear your thoughts on it. It's usually because we've achieved a goal. So we've, we've set ourselves a goal, we've achieved it, we've landed at, on it, and it doesn't feel how we imagined it would do or we've set ourselves a goal and we've massively outlived it, like smashed past it, and then we've kind of got in this place where we're like, fuck, like, what do I do now? Or we had difficulty really understanding the direction we're going in the first place. So if we talk a little bit about that first option then, you know, when you set a goal and you've said from 14 years old, you set that goal, yeah. and then you achieve it at 23? Uh, 24, yeah. 24. Off, yeah. You achieve it at 24. So that's a 10, that's a decade yeah. there. How do you feel about, like, let's say like your expectation of what that feeling was going to be like it's like from that age of 14 thinking about it working towards it did it did it live up to the expectation did it not um yeah do you know what it's it's an amazing question that because i haven't given it thought mm. did it live up to the expectation probably not no you know probably not because you know when you're a kid you think all, all you think about is playing in the premier or for me anyway I just want to play in the Premier League. I just want to play in the Premier League. My dad didn't get the opportunity to play in the Premier League. So it was such a big thing. And then when I'd done it, it was almost like, all right, I've, yeah, I've played a football match. Uh, so it was sort, of, sort of brought me back to reality uh, in a way. It's almost like everyone else says, like, you know, what an achievement, what an achievement, what an achievement. And inside you're a bit like, yeah, yeah, it was good, but like, I'll, I, yeah, I'm ready to go again. Like, I want to go again. And I think the other thing is as well, uh, in football, it's like, you know, I made my debut, but then I had another game like, like five days later. So you can't you can't get carried away. And then after that, I had a game three days later. So there's there's always games like coming thick and fast sort of thing. But yeah, did it live up to the expectation? <sighs> you know, I, 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 probably not, if I'm being honest. Pro probably not. Well, you, you saved a pen on yeah. your debut, didn't you? Yeah. How'd that feel? Are you buzzing? Yeah, buzzing. But like, yeah, buzzing. Absolutely buzzing. But then... Like in football, you don't win the football match, yeah. and you're like, oh god, like you know, you know, it's sort of like a you know bittersweet moment, um, and and that that's probably competitive sport, isn't it? Like you know, you got all these you know these these moments, these nice moments, you know, making a debut or saving a penalty or whatever, and then you don't win, yeah. and it's like, oh, like you know, how do you feel? Um, so yeah, no, it's it's. Um, no, to be honest, like it's it's been brilliant, like to make my debut. Like, let's not get it wrong. But yeah, I, I don't know if it li lived up to that expectation when I was a kid, you know. Mm. But I, sometimes part of me wonders that if that's okay, that's all right, because it's the I suppose not to confuse, but the goal of the goal is just to give you ambition, right? To make you want to achieve something special, and it's allowed you to get there. And really, all it's done is given you the mentality to want to go on and achieve more. Because mm. like you said, you've done it. Right, what's next? Yeah. What's next? But I suppose then we've got to have this kind of balance of going, 
wow, like pat myself on the back for doing this amazing thing. But now I've trained myself over the last decade to have this mentality of, of growth and Kaizen. Yeah. So let's go. Yeah. That, that, I think that's ultimately what it is. I think ultimately it's like, yeah, I've done it. And then it's like, right, I'm on to the next mm. thing. And like I said, in football, you've got another game like five days later. I think one of the big things that I, I think is important, especially being a goalkeeper, is just consistent, just being consistent all the time. And it's, I think it's hard to like sort of get carried away with that's my personal goal, but you also have to be in line with, you know, the team as well, because it's not an individual sport. So yeah, I had to sort of like, just be like, all oh, right, it's good, but I know I've got another game and I need to do it for the team. So yeah, yeah. That. Great point, mate, great point. Interesting thing you said there, it's not an individual sport, but I sometimes wonder, I was an outfield player. I yeah. played as a striker. I actually played at Northampton Academy. That's where your dad Yeah, he played there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I used to think that being a goalkeeper is a bit like an individual sport. Yeah, you could say that. You could say you spend a lot of time alone, for yeah. sure. <laughs> a lot of time in your head as well. But yeah, you could say in, in its own way, it is, it is individual. Um, but the amount of times I've needed the defenders to help me out and, uh, and, and, and the other way around also, yeah, it's definitely not too individual. But yeah, I think goalkeeper obviously is, is a unique position. There's a lot at stake all the time. Uh, like you said earlier, a lot of focus, a lot of concentration. So yeah, I think in a way you could say it was, a, it was, a, it was like an individual sport in its, in its own way. And do you think that there's like a difference between a, a goalkeeper and an outfield player? Like when we talk about mindset and the way we approach a game and the way that we think about or visualise, obviously specifics of what you're going to do in the game are different. But do you think that your mind works differently to an outfield player? I think so, yeah. I think so. I think, well, I'm, I'm only talking from what I know because obviously I haven't played outfield. But I can imagine it outfield it's, it's it's 100 miles an hour it's going on all the time and like it's sort of like everything's happening like around you whereas in goal you can sort of go through waves of like when the ball's at the other end you're still conscious of like the thing but you almost you can have a like like I said a little bit of little breather like to go like right like regroup refocus that's what I do when the ball's at the other end I regroup refocus just have a little time and then when it starts to come back you sort of like then you start like to switch on and get more focused and obviously in goal, everything's in front of you. You know, I think, if, I don't know if you play midfield, if you play midfield, everything's happening. Yeah. You've got to be like 360 degrees. Whereas in goal, everything's happening in front of you. So you can just see everything. Um, but yeah, I think, I, think the, I think the mindset has to be different as well. I think in goal, obviously, if you make one mistake, it ends up being a goal. And I think when you have to do that and you have that in your, not that you have it in your head, but that's the position you play. Uh, you go about doing things a little bit differently. You probably edge on the side of caution a lot more than probably an outfielder does. It's so fascinating hearing you say that, mate. But as you're talking, it's really making me think. So I wonder then if, depending on your position, how that impacts the way that you view life or generally how your mind works off the pitch. Because if Because you, you're saying really that outfield players have the right, in a, in a certain way, to make mistakes. Because it's not as high risk. Like if you, like you said, if you make a mistake, it leads to a goal. Outfield player, maybe they'll be a little bit more, you know, on on the risk side. Maybe goalkeepers will be a little bit more risk averse. But also, you've got that ability as a keeper. You're saying there, like, even in game, you're practicing that step back, objectively look and observe, like what's going on. And yeah. you spoke about the importance of having that relaxation and that calm period. Like you've got an ability to allow yourself to do that. Whereas maybe people who play outfield and are always amongst it are. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like, I feel like I'm listening to the pod, like learning <laughs> whilst I'm on the pod, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, you're, you're probably right. You're probably right. Because even in my, like, 
in my life, you know, if I go away from football, just in my general, you know, my, my health or whatever, my life, you know, I always strive like for perfection. And that's almost like goalkeepers. If you're not perfect, then yeah. it's going to end up being a goal. And that's probably, I'd say, you know, it's something that I need to improve on as well because I know that you can't you can't be 100% all the time. Like, I know that my nutrition can't be 100% all the time. And if I have, you know, a burger or a pizza, for example, you know, I end up sometimes beating myself up and going like, no, oh, no, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do that. You know, and, and does that come from being a goalkeeper where you have to, strive for perfection and you have to be perfect otherwise you end up conceding a goal maybe yeah maybe it could be linked yeah yeah it's so interesting isn't it? that's how, crazy like, cause sometimes you don't think about I, I sometimes think about how sport and football was led to the whole brain development of you know even I laugh about it with my wife that she struggles to cross the road that's going to sound really awful <laughs> <laughs> but like I, I believe I have the spatial awareness because of my time playing sport that I know where the cars are coming, when safe to cross, like even little things like yeah, that, you know, yeah. where she'll stand and wait until the light goes. Yeah, it's funny as well because obviously, like uh, you, you said that there, but like if I say, like, my sister's sitting over there and I throw the controller, like trying to see her catch the controller, <laughs> it's like it's like a whole new thing. Yeah. Whereas, like, she would lob it at me and I'll just like catch yeah. it and I, I'll throw it at her. I think, why, why can't you catch that? Like, <laughs> why can't you do that? Um, so, yeah, I think it's just. I think it could it could come back to the whole ten thousand hours. You know, I read that uh, quite early on about how, how like ten thousand hours putting your work in whatever. Uh, so it could it could come back to that, couldn't it? So you spoke about your dad a few times, yeah. He was a professional footballer himself as yeah. well, goalkeeper. Played was it five hundred games? Yeah, five hundred games. games. Yeah, yeah. He, just, he told me to ask you: Is that what Are you, you ever going to match his <laughs> record? Yeah, we have this competition in our house, <laughs> don't we? Yeah, it's an uh, ongoing competition. Get to 500 games. Yeah, you're going to do it? Yeah, of course. It's on my wall now, so I have to yeah. <laughs> get to 500 games, beat your dad. <laughs> what was it like in your childhood then, having a dad who's a professional footballer? Like, Do you remember the time when he introduced you to the sport? And was it always going to be a case of you becoming a goalkeeper yourself? Listen, my childhood was was brilliant. Like Having a, a dad as a professional footballer, like, there's nothing better. I used to go to school and everyone would be like, oh, that's the footballer's son and stuff like that. You know, he didn't even play to like a decent level, but just to have that uh, was, was special. <laughs> he didn't play and to a decent level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll it, 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 it kick off for me saying that. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it was amazing. And, you know, my life's just been football since I was a kid. And I love, I love football. So like, if my dad took me and my sister to school, we'd drop my sister off and I'd go to training with my dad all the time, like we used to go training with him all the time, watch him at games. So it definitely must have played a part. But when I went to secondary school, like I wasn't I wasn't playing football. I was was I thought to myself like, you know, the kids are getting into academies like really early now, I've probably like missed the boat sort of thing. So I was thinking about becoming a roofer. Uh, yeah. Like yeah, I was thinking about becoming a roofer my, on my granddad's firm. I think we both felt like, you know, we'd probably missed the, the chance of becoming a footballer. And then I just got a lucky break from my school teacher. It wasn't even from my dad. My school teacher got me a trial for Crystal Palace and then just sort of rolled from there. But in terms of my childhood, like, you know, being around football, especially when you love football, unbelievable. So what did your teacher do specifically? So were you playing for the school or something then or you weren't playing at all at this point? Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't playing at all. I started playing golf. Yeah. Uh, so, so I just started playing golf all the time. And then uh, in my second year of secondary school, I think it was year eight, they just had a game on the Astro and I just went in goal and I just like, I felt like I'd done well, but I didn't really know what I was doing. I knew my dad was a goalie, you know, I could do it sort of thing. And he, I remember he come behind my goal, Mr. Bruce come behind my goal and he's like, what are you doing tonight? 
And I was like, oh, I'll just you know, probably going home like, and see my dad and that. And uh, he was like, right, you need to get over to Crystal Palace. Uh, you got a trial uh, for them. And I was like, what? Like, that's unreal. Yeah, I got home. I said to my mum and dad, I said, oh, Mr. Bruce, I've got a trial at Crystal Palace Park tonight. Better go down there. And as I went down there, um, obviously my dad started at Crystal Palace as well, but he didn't want it to be like associated, like me and him to be associated. So I went down there as Freddie Wood instead of Freddie Woodman. Uh, so like, yeah, so I went down there. So no one knew who I was to begin with. And then obviously when I ended up signing, they was like, oh, it's Andy Woodman's son sort of thing. But yeah, like that just, you know, I say it all the time, like to my friends and that, like, you know, imagine I didn't get that lucky break. Like my whole life would be totally different. I always think about that one moment, like that, that day when he come behind my goal and asked me, you know, it's, it's pretty much changed my whole life. It's changed the course of my life. Those tipping points are, are crazy. I often wonder like, are they meant to be? Were they, were you were meant to be on that Astro in that moment or was it chance? Like sometimes it's not worth overthinking it, but I do, you know, as you said, it massively impacts people's lives. Yeah. And, and, and after that moment, like my life changed. Cause I remember my dad said to me, listen, I'm going to take you to this trial and he, you either do it properly, you don't do it all. Yeah, that's, that's, the mo that's the day he said, like, what's the goal? And I said to him, I, I want to become a professional footballer. I've not even, like, been playing football. Like, obviously, I've been playing football, like, in the park or whatever, like, on the streets and stuff. But to actually go to an academy and, like, start, sort of start the journey. And my first goal was oh, I want to get a, a schoolboy contract with Crystal Palace. And I got that after six weeks. And to be fair, that lived up to the expectation more than the Premier League debut. Because <laughs> I remember like just nearly in tears that I'd signed for Crystal Palace as my team as well. So signing for Crystal Palace as like a 12, 13 year old was like, like a dream come true. Wow. So, so you weren't really playing at school and your teacher helped you get the, the trial. So do you think there was an element of talent that allowed you to perform both on the Astro and at the trial? Or do you think it was observing your dad because some you know we talk about visualization and how like when our when our minds can view ourselves doing something or indeed somebody else then it impacts and the, the muscles react in a similar kind of way like do you think or, or a combination or were you just a good keeper that just wasn't playing at that time i think it's a combination of the lot the lot of them really because i played outfield for like the whole of my childhood i played outfield all the time but um in my street everyone was older than me so they used to just bully me and stick me in goal like all the time. So I ended up just, just being in goal and just like messing about, but didn't think like I was decent or anything. So I think it's a combination of, you know, obviously seeing my dad do it all the time, like day in, day out, and that, that was his life. And then obviously, ha like obviously when you play football all the time, you, you can ask, you know, you, you know what you're doing. So yeah, I think it's like a combination of, 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 of all of them. I think it's got to have an impact of like, my dad will tell you the story of like, the, the, when, I, when I was born, he gave me a ball. And like, I just think little things like this, they, all, they must all play a part because there's so many ex-players or, you know, older players and their son's going to play. The amount of players I play now and my dad will go like, oh, I played against him. I played against his dad. I played against his dad. And I'll be like, wow, like, it's got to have like a knock-on effect for sure. Has to. Yeah. There's a quote you probably heard me say on the podcast that you can't be what you can't see. Yeah. And I, I believe that so deeply. Like if you hadn't have either been given the ball or seen your dad do it or... You know, and the people who don't have families in it, it's because they've gone to a football in school or something's happened like that where they've been exposed to somebody. Yeah, 100%. I think as well, it must it must have helped because, like I said, in my childhood, I remember just being in the street every single day, just playing, just yeah. kicking a ball. But even if it was on my own, just against the wall, just bang, 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 bang. Like I said, I wasn't necessarily like in a team or playing like in a massive like academy or whatever, but 
I think if you would have asked any one of my childhood friends or any of my family, I'd, I was always with a ball of some sort. Yeah. Or, and if I didn't have a ball, I was making something so I could just like kick about and just mm. mess about with it. I think that's important. I think also younger players, they get caught up with, oh, I have to get into an academy. I'm talking about maybe from like, you know, eight till like, you know, when you're like 14, eight, that sort of age. I've got to get in an academy. I've got to be playing. Like, I think you just got to just, you know, be playing all the time, five aside, on the streets, over the park. Like, you don't really see it now. And it, and it frustrates the hell out of me. Like, when you go past parks and you go past cages, especially where I used to live, you don't see kids playing football anymore. And I, they used to be rammed when I was younger, like rammed. And when I asked my, my, my old man or I asked my granddad and I say to them, like, what was it like? He said, like, everyone used to play. Everyone used to be out on the streets playing football all the time. Sort of gone that now, hasn't it? Like, which is, which is a shame. And I feel like, parents are pushing their kids to go into academy so early I just think I don't know I don't know if it's the right way to go about it I think kids should just play football as much as they can all the time yeah so interesting you say that mate I remember listening to something that Kobe Bryant said about becoming a pro basketball player and he says that people talk to him about wanting to be professional and he asks them how much are you training and then they say well we train on a Tuesday night and a Thursday night he's like okay so what's that like three to four hours a week. I'm like, yeah, about that. It's, like, it's just not going to cut it. If you want to be a professional, it's just not going to cut it. You have to put in time. You have to, the moment you leave school to the moment you go home and have your dinner and go to bed or whatever, like three to four hours a, a day. Yeah. Like that's basically what it takes. It has to become a lifestyle. It has to become a lifestyle. And as I, I'll go back to that time when I, when, when I did end up getting that trial, you know, I was, I was a little bit, you know, chubby, a little bit of a fat kid. My mum started cooking me chicken rice and broccoli. I wasn't getting like jacket potato and beans <laughs> and cheese anymore. It was like, I was on like, not, not that my mum would put me on a strict diet or whatever, but um, me and my dad saw it as like, you know, I, I have to give this my best shot. Like if I don't, if I don't give it my best shot, um, and I have to change everything. I have to change my life. It has to become my life. Mm. And that's ultimately what it has become. But it's given me, you know, the opportunity to not like go into other aspects of, of, of life, but like I've managed to do the football, but also like, you know, pick up things from like, you know, the Kaizen thing yeah. and like sort of go on this self-development path, which has helped, you know, my all my my whole round, my whole round like, well-being, I guess, yeah. guess it is. So yeah, football's given me a lot to be fair. Right, I love that. Cause the, what you're talking about there, the that all-round well-being complements on the pitch and off the pitch. Like yeah. Sometimes we think about performance and we think about the things that we do just for the activity that we're carrying out or the goal that we want to achieve. Yeah, for sure. Also, I've done an Instagram with uh, an MMA fighter. Yeah, and he's, it? it was Brett Johns. He's, he's a Welsh MMA okay. fighter, fought in the UFC. And he said something that stuck with me. He said, happy life, happy fighter. And he almost said that, you know, if you get your whole well-being and your, you know, your life in order... The fighting side, he said, the fighting side takes care of itself. Because mm. I know that I've put the hours, I know I've put that in. He said, but if I don't look after my whole well-being, you know, that side will, will become un unhappy on the fighting side and I, and I won't perform. And that's something that stuck with me and I really like sort of took it on board, especially these last few years. Just trying to find out like what makes me happy as a, as a person before, before being a footballer. And then me being a happy person and a healthy person has a massive impact to me being a being a happy footballer and a healthy footballer. Right, that's unreal. I love that. Yeah, I heard, I heard it from from Brett, and I was just like, do you know what I mean? Just like sticks. Yeah. You know, you listen to a podcast, and you like sticks. You think, 
wow, that, that, that's like, that's, that's up here now. Do you know what I mean? And the beauty of it is that we get all this stuff and we can just use it and you've, you've used it. That's the difference, isn't it? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think I spoke to you, Mark, about, you know, I always try something different every yeah. month. Yeah. Every month I'm trying something different. <laughs> so yeah, I think I'm just on this like whole Kaizen journey, I guess, uh, which is nice. And, and it does complement me being a footballer as well, I guess yeah. it does help. So I really want to talk to you about your personal development journey, like all of this stuff and the well-being and what you're doing around that. But we spoke briefly about focus before. So I'd love to know if there's anything specific that you could share that people might be able to use themselves as well around your practice of focus and concentration and, and how you take that in and whether you've got examples from when it, when it works in games and stuff like that as well. That'd be amazing. Yeah, uh, I think the best probably the best advice I've got about focus and the thing that I use the most is um, I break the game, the 90 minute game, I break it down into five minute chunks. Five minute chunks? Five minute chunks, yeah. And I've done it ever since I spoke to Steve Black. Because mm -hmm. uh, I, I used to be like, right, when I used to play, I used to be like, right, get to half time. But now 45 minutes is a long time to stay focused. If you actually try and focus for, you know, one, two, three minutes, it's actually hard. So yeah, I break the game down into five minutes. So I, got, I say to myself, right, five minutes, right, five minutes, next five minutes, next five minutes, you know? And then, you know, if I've, if, I, if I've made a mistake in that five minutes, it's gone, I can't think about it, it's the next five minutes. If I've done well in that next five minutes, it doesn't matter, it's gone, I'm on to the next one. And that's, that's really like helped me stay, stay really focused. And I've transformed that into like other areas of my life, uh, which is quite funny. So like, I'll go on like a, like a massive hike and I'll be like I'll see something in the distance and I'll be like right get to that get to that bit do you know what I mean and like it's just using that I think it's like breaking it down like breaking the massive because you can have something so big just breaking it down into smaller chunks for me it gives me the best chance of being as focused as I can and getting through like because you know when, when times get hard or you're doing something that's quite hard I think it does help so, so good. I was talking about this. In fact, actually, this might be a good example for focus. I'm talking about goal setting again. I know we've been talking about that. I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit more about that in a minute, but talking about goal setting and how like it's so important that we have this vision. So let's say, for example, your dream from 14 years old was to play in the Premier League right, and make your debut. But it's so important to have the dichotomy between that vision and that version of whatever your Everest is, but the reality of where you are today. And yeah. like being able to break that down, and that's what you're doing, like the five-minute things yeah. that break that down. And it makes it more achievable, less overwhelming, and easier to just go, right, I'm going to do this five minutes, or I'm going to do this 500 steps over there, or whatever. Yeah, yeah it's funny you said that as well, because like I said about the, the goal-setting, I've almost broke that down with my dad as well, because like I said, my first goal ever was to get a schoolboy mm -hmm. contract at Palace. And then it, after that, once I got that, it was to get a scholarship at Crystal Palace. Once I got that, it was to get a professional contract at Crystal Palace. And then like, it's just gone like knock on effect. Then I wanted to get in the England under 16s. So I think I've almost like broke, like probably credit to my dad, we've almost just broke it right, stripped, probably stripped it all back and just gone like, what's the first thing I can do? Mm -hmm. You know, wh wh what's the first thing I can see and I can get to that? And then it comes back to the five minutes. Yeah. You know, I look at, I, you, people probably watch me playing, but I've always been looking at the clock. Right, that's like, like that five minutes has gone right on to the next one. It just keeps me focused all the time, which is, which is good. And I use the phrase a lot that Richie McCall uses. He writes, a, a, writes down start again all the time. I read it in, in his book. And that's something I always probably use. You know, I see the five minute goes, I go start again. When there's a new game, start again. 
you know, when it's a new month, start again, new day, start again. I, I always seem to, to come back to that and use it. But I think for focus, you know, for the question that you asked, breaking it, breaking it down to smaller chunks definitely helps your focus. Is there anything you do off the pitch that helps you with your focus on the pitch? Like I know you're saying tangibly in the game, breaking it down to five minutes. And the reason that I ask this is because I've, I've noticed probably in the last three to six months that a lot of meditation practice is geared towards focus. That's exactly what we're doing. We're allowing ourselves to have concentration and when we when we observe and witness ourselves have other thoughts, we just bring ourselves back to the present moment. That's what meditation is. Because we call it meditation, everyone considers it this woo-woo, yeah. Eastern kind of hippie practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But really all we're doing is a training our mind in the skill of having focus and, and concentration. And a lot of times with my meditation, I'd be tempted, and I think, I think loads of people do this and, and I'm sure we'll relate to this, you do get, I don't, don't know if you meditate. Do you meditate? Yeah, yeah. I, I listened to Joe Wick's pod with Russell Brand. Mm. And after that day, I started meditating. Nice, yeah. But I, I couldn't believe how hard it was. Not hard, but I couldn't believe, like I said earlier, I couldn't believe I couldn't focus for 10 seconds, 30 seconds. I couldn't believe that I couldn't just focus on my breath without my mind wandering to something else. I, I was I was literally amazed. I was thinking, wow, like how can I not focus? And then I was, I was asking like my family, I was asking my friends, I was going... How long can you actually like focus on one thing for and, and think of nothing else? Mm. And they was all saying like, I don't know, like ten minutes, fifteen. I was like, this is, you're wrong. Like, you, I reckon you won't be able to do it for ten, fifteen seconds. And the more that I've done the meditation, the better I've got. But I still have tight. Like, I still have them. I don't know if you have it. The days where you're just like, I can't switch off it. Mm. I cannot switch off. And there's days when I do it and I think, well, I don't think at all. I get to the end of it and I'm like, wow, yeah. like. I smashed that. Yeah, it's 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 quite. I didn't realize how powerful it was, and like um, I've been loving the meditation. Yeah, been loving it. I used the Calm app, okay. and obviously I listened to to the pod. I think you've done something with Calm, so yeah, I've been using that app, and yeah, I've been uh, I've been loving it. But you know, like you said, do I do anything off the pitch that helps my focus on it? Does that help? How do you show if it helps, or how how do you show if it has an effect on the pitch? You can't, but it's definitely put like put something in me which I can't explain. Like people say to me, why do you meditate? And I go like, I don't know, like, I, I can't tell you why, but it just makes me feel a certain way, mm. which is hard to explain. You'll probably have something to tell me that like, I can explain <laughs> it to other people. <laughs> well, uh, to answer your question, yes, I 100% have those times when I can't concentrate basically. And it's usually if I try and meditate in the afternoon because the things that I've been doing have built up Basically, what we want to do and the whole like start again concept that you said, I love that because that's kind of what I'm going to talk about here as well, is we want to get into the habit of breaking patterns in our day. And again, you say in five minutes, right? Starting again, breaking yeah. the game down. So I generally do it by hour in a day and I'll try to make myself in between calls or in between sessions or whatever, take even if it's sometimes it's only, it could be six breaths. Yeah. Six breaths. Or it could be one breath sometimes. And technically, that would probably fall under the banner of meditation. Yeah. But what I'm re all I'm doing is I'm just I'm breaking the thought pattern, I'm breaking the way my mind is working, ticking over. Because because when we get stressed and overwhelmed and overworked, it's because we don't do that, and we just go one into the next, into the next, into the next. Yeah. And the brain is just constantly churning over and churning yeah. over. But even just one breath helps us to separate the tasks and recalibrate, calm the nervous system down. Like all the things that allow us to maintain energy, health. So even the, the, the first meditation I ever did was called Transcendental Meditation, TM. It's 
the one that Russell Brand does, Oprah yeah. and all that, they kind of popularized it. And even in the word transcendence, right? They're, they're, they're saying or they're setting an expectation that we're gonna get to transcendence. And I think sometimes we can, but that's a lovely, lovely feeling. But I don't think it necessarily helps with focus on the concentration. Like, and sometimes that is the right meditation to do. That's rest and recovery, and it's, yeah. it's nice. But meditation should should be hard. Yeah, it should be hard. And I and I and I happen to one hundred percent believe that if you do meditation, and you can build and develop that muscle of focus and concentration, it will one hundred percent. Well, don't quote me on one hundred percent, but it will <laughs> certainly help uh, on the pitch. Yeah, I can imagine it can definitely have some positive effects for me to take onto the pitch. But like I said earlier, having that healthy sort of well-being, healthy life, meditation plays a massive part for that for me now. Like I tried it maybe four months ago, three months ago. I started. I said, right, I'm gonna meditate every day for this month, and it stayed with me. It's like, like it's like it's like a habit now every mm. time. And it's funny you said in the you do it in the afternoon. You Sometimes. you can't you can't do it in the afternoon. Yeah. It's, it's, see, I've been experimenting when to do it. So I do like a calming one. I think there's a calm thing on a calm series. Uh, so I do that one before bed mm -hmm. and my sleep's just been incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a LeBron James. Have you heard the Le LeBron James yeah. one on Calm? He does one on Calm, LeBron James. <laughs> and it is wicked. Like, <laughs> even hearing his voice, I'm, I'm amped up after. I, like, I listen to it and I think, yeah, this guy's serious. Yeah. Like, So yeah, um, I've been experimenting when to do it different times. But for me, it's really, really helped my sleep. Mm. Like I do it before bed and I, I can just bang up straight to mm. sleep, which is wicked. So good. And that's what people sometimes don't, give credit to that actually depending on how you do it it can help anything from energizing you like mm. you're saying with LeBron James or helping you go to sleep or yeah multitude of things just depending on the type of what, whatever you're trying to get yeah from. for sure for sure and it's funny as well because I've been doing it on the uh, I've been getting a flight from London back to Newcastle and that like quite a lot and uh, I do it on the flight yeah you know is it meditating I don't know but I put it I put my headphones in and I sit there and I can sit still and like the plane will jutter and like my my concentration won't go. I'm almost more focused on the aeroplane than anywhere else. I think probably my best meditation is on the aeroplane. Really? Yeah, it's, 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 it's weird. I feel like so zoned in and like mm. just on it, on the, on the aeroplane. Which is, undoubtedly which is impacting your game. Yeah, has it has to. to be, has to be. I'd like to talk to you briefly about your game at United. Yeah, yeah. Because that was such a big occasion, right? Oh, yeah, Playing against Cristiano Ronaldo, arguably the best player in the world. I'd put him at number one. <laughs> I like Ronaldo, even though I'm an Arsenal fan. What was that game like for you? Like going to Old Trafford and being a part of that occasion, which had been hyped up so much in the media. Do you know what? First and foremost, is the like, biggest learning experience ever. Like probably one of the biggest learning experiences I've had, especially in my career. The whole day, the whole event, just sort of like, it was just so big, so so massive. And ultimately it was just another Premier League game. Do you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's crazy. And it's funny as well, because... Uh, we was doing the like I think we was doing a like a minute silence or a minute clap before, and uh, so I, I looked over, I saw Ronaldo, and I see him like taking massive deep breaths, like going, like this. I'm thinking, he can't be nervous. Like I'm nervous. Like, he's best friend in the world. He can't be nervous, surely. And I almost thought to myself, like, yeah, he's just another human being. He's got untold pressure on him now. Yeah. You know, like he's, this is all for him. He's got untold pressure. And it looked like that was how he was like dealing with it. And obviously the game, you know, didn't go our way. You know, I felt like I could have done a bit more. I felt like I had a good game, but I felt like I, I always feel like I can do a bit more. So like I said, yeah, massive, massive learning experience and just a massive day, like just drained me. Like after I was just yeah. like, wow, like 
That was crazy, that, wasn't it? Like, so, um, Did yeah. you find it harder to do your break down your five-minute chunks in a game like that versus a different game? Yeah, you, you, yeah, probably, yeah. It was just so, like, I've never heard crowd like it. Like, I've played in some, like, some decent atmospheres, like some real proper atmospheres. And that, that whole day, like, even in, like, the warm-up, it was so loud and just everything was amped up. So it was so hard to concentrate and focus, like, fully all the time. Mm. So... Yeah, when I when I when I uh, think of all like AJ yesterday, for example, that's a massive occasion. Like, how is he like proper just focusing? Mm -hmm. You know, it, I guess the more you do it, the better you become yeah. at it. So, like I said, massive learning experience. Mm -hmm. I felt like I learned so much from it, and obviously just to play against Ronaldo. Yeah. But I couldn't get away from the fact like uh, all my mates was like, oh, I saw Ronaldo, see, I saw Ronaldo, Ronaldo scored, Ronaldo scored. Yeah. I was like, oh, come on, lads, like, give, <laughs> give me a chance, will ya? <laughs> But I find it interesting though that on the airplane, if there's turbulence and stuff, you can completely like keep yourself calm, stay within that meditation. But then it's it's interesting, isn't it? I suppose it's again the dichotomy, the balance between like you can do the preparation through meditation, through you know whatever those things are for you at the time, versus the experience. Like the next time you go to Old Trafford, it'll feel different because yeah. you've done it before, so yeah, you've yeah. kind of stepped up to there. I think, yeah, the more you put yourself in them environments, you, you sort of become comfortable more mm. in them environments. It's almost like my first season at Swansea was all a new learning experience. And it was like, I've never played in the championship. I've never played in the playoffs. I've never tried to get into the Premier League. I've never played Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Like it was just nonstop. Mm. I go back to Swansea for the second season and it was just like, comf not comfortable, but like, I knew what was going on. Like I just felt like I belonged there way more than I did in the first season. And that probably showed because, you know, I, my performances were better, my stats were better. Mm -hmm. We got one step further. I nearly got there in the end, but we didn't. So I think, I don't know if this, I think people say it all the time, the more you put yourself in them environments, them surroundings, the easier they come. I think it's like, I'm not sure who said it about, you know, get comfy being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. uh, so like I do coach it, like from the travel mentors, they were talking about cold showers. Yeah. Like, I started the coach house, I could not do them. I was thinking, this is the hardest thing ever. Like, how are these people doing them? Now I just jump into a cold shower. Not like I don't have hot showers. No. I do not have a hot shower. Like cold showers every just every day morning. Cold. cold, straight in. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Like, I don't even don't even go to hot anymore. Nice. Um, but it's like it's it's not a challenge anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I remember like when I started doing it, I was brushing my teeth with the shower on, I'm thinking. Oh, I've got to get in there in a minute. Like, I've got to get in there. I can't <laughs> let the tribe down. Can't let the tribe down sort of thing. Uh, but now I just like, I can go in there, brush my teeth whilst I'm in the cold shower. Like, it's easy. That so I guess it's just putting yourself in them environments more and more and more often. Mm. It's the Tony Robbins thing where he says, you got to win your own negotiation with yourself. Mm. Like, you're brushing your teeth, like, I'm getting in there no matter what. There's also a chemical level as well. Like, when, when you do anything for the first time, you'll have a natural chemical release of all those hormones like dopamine etc all those things will be flooded into the system into the brain into the body and and that's what makes it so memorable because it's new it's a new thing we've never done before and we talk about today's ceilings becoming tomorrow's floors because we're like yeah. leveling up yeah, yeah yeah so every time we do something for the first time it's like the body's like wow like shocked into this like this is my first time here and then you do it again and you get a similar kind of release but not quite the same Similar kind of, and it's the same with alcohol. If you go and if you've never drank alcohol, you drink a beer, you'll feel it. Yeah, you go and drink a beer every day for the next month, yeah, yeah. then it, you don't. It's like caffeine, I guess. The same, same as caffeine is exactly, the same thing, exactly. Yeah, um, that's crazy. Last thing on the on the Man United thing, and then we'll, I, I really want to hear about your personal development and some of those experiments that we were talking about. <laughs> I'd love to know just because I've admired Ronaldo for so long, what is it like as a goalkeeper in the sticks when he was bearing down on you? Because for his second goal. 
he he had a bit of a distance to run at you. So what's going through your mind? Are you thinking about? Are you thinking that it's him? Do you think it's just another player? Mm. Like what's what's happening for you? Yeah, I never think. Like I never know. It's hit, like you never know what player. Not that you never know what player it is. That's probably the wrong way to go about it. But you're more like the ball. You know, you focus on the ball more than the player. If, yeah. if that probably makes sense. You know, I knew it was Ronaldo. Like I'm, I'm not. I'm not silly. But yeah, as a, as a goalie, probably more focus on the ball. But yeah, I had to, like I did have to keep pinching myself. That like there was there's times like I was slowing the game down and the ball was coming to me, and I was waiting to like pick it up and like he was there and like. Even like, I mean, I'm meant to be focused in the game. And this is what I was saying. I'm meant to be focused. I'm meant to be so focused in this game. Even me, I was a bit like, fuck me, that's like, that's Ronaldo. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm a kid. I, when I was a kid, like, this is, yeah. he's the man, do you know what I mean? Which is crazy. And do you know what's even mad, which I, which I was saying to my mates is like, you know, the whole build up of the game was, you know, Ronaldo's back, Ronaldo's back. People forget that they got like Paul Pogba, yeah. David De Gea, yeah. uh, Luke Shaw scored in the Euro final, Maguire. Bruno uh, Fernandes. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, and like, no one spoke about them. Yeah. Like, no one. And I was a bit like shocked that, like, yeah. you know, why is no one? Yeah, why is no one speaking about these players? <laughs> yeah. But I guess in the Premier League, which is probably the biggest difference, is like you're coming up against so much quality, like week in week out. Like the first game I played West Ham, like the the, the, top, the top quality players, and even like in the Newcastle team, the t the team I play in, the the, the, the players, the 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 levels are. Yeah. The levels are high, and like for me now, like I just gotta keep my levels up there with them, cause that's that's where I want to be in that Premier League, yeah, up against the best. Who's the best player you've played with? Played with, um, I think probably from my England days, I'd, I'd say Phil Foden. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I always say he's like a Rolls Royce mm. on, on the football pitch. He he, I'd heard a lot about him, and he come into the team maybe about eighteen, nineteen. And we was under twenty ones at the time, and phew, he was he was incredible. Yeah, like his touch, the way he passed it, you could just see he was going to be really? tops. Yeah, yeah he, he he, he's great. definitely definitely one of the best I've played with. He's not getting a look in now. Now Grealish is there. He's been he's not started, has he? No, I think he started yesterday. Did they won one nil, didn't they yesterday? Oh. Um, but yeah, it's super super talented boy, and he's just one of them. Do you know what? He reminds me of just a kid just like playing football in the streets. Mm. Like even like when we used to be around the hotel and that, he'd just be like kicking a sock about. Yeah. But like he would really be doing like it with like top quality. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely full. What What's that like then? So because you know Greedish came in and then he didn't get a start for a few games and you had a run of games after your debut. What happens when you're either rotated out or dropped? So like, do you have a? I, I imagine different managers have different processes, but I think it's so important to get that communication start right with the right person. Because you had four, was it four or five games? Five, in yeah, five. five. In row, and then you, yeah, you've sat out the last two. Yeah, yeah, I've been injured the last two games. So it was injury that. Yeah, injury. Uh, you know, you, you never know, do you? Um, I missed the last two games for injury, but um, yeah, in terms of like coming out of the team, going in the team, especially as a goalkeeper, there's just only one position you yeah. can play in it, so it's it's hard. But a thing that I found like when it's happened to me is like you you can't like show your disappointment. Mm. You know, you're obviously disappointed. You want to play football. You want to being the team you want to go out on the pitch and help the team um, and when you can't do that yeah you're disappointed but you can't let it one affect you because as soon as your training starts to fall as soon as you start getting a bit sloppy like it's, it's not good it's not good yeah. for you yeah and then you can't let the team down as well you know you can't be you know, like an energy zapper from the team I think that's so important I see it a lot that people come out of the team but they're still affecting the team by you know not doing things right you know, moaning and, and, and just sort of, like I said, just draining the energy. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important that you sort of, you know, sh 
yeah, be disappointed because you want to play football, but don't show it. I think I think that's quite important. Yeah. Um, my old man, he's a manager now, so he'll probably he'll probably tell you from a manager's point yeah. of view what it's like. But you know, as a player, there's yeah, there's nothing worse than not actually playing. Mm. You got such a good mindset, mate. It's coming together, it's so clear. Like you got the was it last year, Golden Glove last year? Yeah, last in year in the championship yeah. at Swansea. You've played it for England at every age group, which obviously bodes well for future and getting the. You know, Hopefully, yeah, it'd be yeah. nice. Like. Yeah, mate, I'm just incredibly excited to be sat with you, hearing how you've got to where you are now, and and just thinking about all you can do in the future. I, I'm sure you feel the same. Yeah, no, mate. Like I said at the beginning of this, I'm buzzing to hear. <laughs> I feel like I'm learning on the pod, which yeah, is which is wicked. It's a new thing. Learn on the pod, which is <laughs> even better. <laughs> so we spoke on the phone maybe a few weeks ago before we organised this. And connected immediately over like the things that we've done of late, particularly over lockdown, when experimenting with different habits, <laughs> yeah. practices, routines. So, in the last year, like I mean, cold showers I've done for the last probably th I think three years now. Really, three yeah, years. Three That's years. Serious. Yeah, but now I'm at the point where. I can't not. I'm sure you're the same. Yeah, like, yeah, if I don't do it, normal, it feels yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah, I'm like that. So that's been one for a while. But more recently, I did no social media. We spoke about that for yeah, 21 yeah, yeah. days, no coffee for 14 days. And generally, I look for things just because it, it helps you to understand who you are and how you react to different stuff. So I'd be really interested to hear the things you've tried recently yeah, um, and what you've got from them. Yeah, so every month, I just try and do something or take something out Probably habits, yeah. Add a habit or take out a habit. So, for example, this month, no social media. Like, I, I limit it to, like, 30 minutes. Like, I've got the time on my phone. 30 minutes a day. Yeah, but, like, after a few days, I was like, all right, it's going down to 15. So, it's now 15 minutes, um, which, yeah. That's been a big one, really. I've, I've, You know, like, when you're spending time with people, uh, especially, like, my family. You know, like, if I'm just sitting, mm. like, maybe on the sofa with my family, like, I just... My old reaction would just be to get my phone and just yeah. flick through Instagram. But yeah. now I'm, like, sort of, like, engaging more. Um, I've definitely found that's a massive thing, like, mm. engaging more. Even, like... And it might sound silly, but, like, getting in a taxi and going through London. I'm yeah. actually looking out the window and looking at London. Like, engaging. I feel like I'm more engaged, probably, from that one. Um, yeah, I just want to say on that, like, it doesn't sound silly in the slightest. No. Coming off social media was... Of everything I've tried, I'd say even in the last five years, that's been the biggest and the most impactful. Really? And and it shows that 21 days is a way that you break a habit. And when you talk about mindset and how you view world and perspectives and all that stuff, it's all shaped from our habits. So when we're stuck in this habit of just being on our phone all the time, you're absolutely right. Like yeah. Someone leaves to go to the toilet when you're at the restaurant or they get their phone out. You just do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're just in a, in a habit, mate. When I stopped going on it, I became happier. I was in the gym more. In fact, because you know it has all the data on your phone. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't believe the numbers when I looked at it. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. So I cut down two hours a day and I did it for three weeks. So I basically got like back a whole working week and more back yeah. of my time. And then I, when I went back on it, I just, I didn't even feel the desire to look. And it may, actually made me realise how, it's great for so many things, but how toxic it is and how, yeah, how it's much bad, it's like, yeah. it's just a plea for attention. And yeah. it's, yeah. You, I heard something like, take a selfie, fake a life. I think that's so true. Like, I think, that, I think a lot of people do that. But it's funny because, like, like I said earlier, like, one thing doesn't work for everyone. So I was chatting to my mate who is, like, he, he, he's got a brand and it's done through, you know, Instagram yeah, and social media. Yeah. And I was chatting to him and he was like, bro, like, I, I can't do that. Like, that's, that's where I work sort what, of thing on Instagram. What brand is that? It's called uh, he Head Huncho. Okay. And uh, there's another one. I can't remember the other name. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he was saying the same thing. He's like, I can't do that because that's, that's my whole, my whole works on Instagram. I was like... 
yeah, you're right. So it can't work for everyone. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Personally, I know my tendencies. I, I'm polarized. So I have to either be on it or completely off it. Yeah, yeah. But like, if you've got the willpower, it sounds like you have to just go like 30 minutes or 15 minutes a day. Yeah. That's what other people can do if they yeah. need to be on it. Yeah, yeah. I feel, I feel, I'm pretty much, yeah, de decent that way. So then obviously, like you said about the monthly things, uh, last month I started this app, like a stretching app. Okay. So I do like 20 minutes a day. What's it called? It's called Romwood. Yeah. I've tried it. I've tried it, yeah. yeah. So I do that every it's day great, now. Yeah. Uh, that's sort of, that's stuck. Did you get the subscription? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I've done that. The meditation, that's stuck. That stayed with me. Obviously, do the cold showers. Started trying. I, I, I done one thing. I took it away. It was like read a chapter a day mm -hmm. or, like of just, or whatever I was reading. I've done that and I didn't enjoy it. Hmm. Uh, the pressure. Yeah, because I was, I was picking up a book for the sake of picking up a book right. and not enjoying it. Yeah. Whereas before, I'd read and I'd read however long I wanted. Sometimes I'd read like four chapters or sometimes I'd read like two pages. Mm. So, I, so I'm, I'm adding things and then like realising what works for me. Oh, that doesn't work for me. Taking that out and then realising what does work and, and keeping it, mm. which, is, which is good. I've done the no, like no, no processed food. Uh, is it? I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Payload, payload paleo diet. Yeah, not yeah. like a payload diet, but yeah, I was doing that. Like yeah. that, that had massive, massive impacts on my health, like positive. But then I thought it wasn't sustainable. It's, it's you can't do that every day. Like you know, when you go out for food or a restaurant, you can't go. Oh, like I'm not eating anything processed. Yeah. Yeah. Like so that that was a bit difficult. But um, yeah, I just love like trying new things, man, all the time. Like always trying, always trying to find that new thing as well. You know. Uh, so I've got a few things in my notes for for next month. Yeah, mate, we we'll have to we'll have to keep each other accountable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the thing, that, the, the 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 way I keep myself accountable is uh, I, I I'm, I'm massive on habit trackers. Oh yeah, on uh, the app habit tracker. Not even an app. Just I got general. it in my bag. I, I I've sort of like designed my own one. Oh, I love it, mate. And uh, yeah, just I just for, I've done it for the last four or five years. Yeah. So what does it look like? It's got like the days at the top, and I've broke it down into like. Uh, learning, sleeping, uh, like yeah, like recovery, my recovery score on my whoop, uh, nutrition, um, my application when I'm training and, and, and the quality of my session. So I just rate it out of four, like how good I was in that day, just being honest with myself every single day. Um, and I found that that's, that's been good for my accountability, just mm. every day holding, holding myself accountable. Such a good level of commitment, mate, it's unreal. It's funny, I was listening to something about this the other day and it really, really hit home was our ability to create or inability to create systems for ourselves. Like sometimes we just need that, like, mm. you know, not as being as as strict like a computer operating system, but having something to fall back on. Like I know now I've got a, I've got a one-year-old little girl. When she gets ill from nursery, most times I dodge it, but sometimes I'll get ill as well. Yeah. And I, when I get ill, I get, I, I, I witness myself get really pissed off. And I don't know how to stop it, so I had to create a system for myself. To, really? Yeah. That's that's class though. To be fair, that like you've like recognised it, no? Yeah, it's, it took me a long time, mate. Really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like you just turn into a different person when I get a cold. Cause really? It, it would irritate me because I feel like it's stopping me do the thing I want to yeah, do. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going back in the gym anymore. And then as soon as I and then when I stopped going in the gym, then I wouldn't eat healthy, and all my other habits would fall apart. Yeah, yeah. Building a system for myself that the moment I start to feel like I'm not like feeling 100. percent just falling into like a, a, a operating system of recovery and just like meditating, like making myself. Cause when you feel crap, you don't want to meditate, do you? No, but like making myself yeah, yeah, do it. Yeah. Cause I know I can make myself feel better. Like just forcing myself to go to the shop that day and getting leafy greens and just like pouring all that into my, yeah. and just yeah, like all yeah. these things. That, and then 
So you saying that you've got your habit tracker is yeah. like it's it's so good, mate. I don't think many people do that. No, and I I think like I don't like telling people that I do habit tracking. Do you know what I mean? It's like a sort of like a like a like a word in like a buzzword. Oh, I'm habit tracking sort of thing. I, I I'm more just saying like I'm just holding myself accountable every single day for the things that are important to me. Yeah, that's how I would say it. So yeah, that's that's probably the way I go about it. Yeah. I won't. I won't say habit tracker because uh, you know you see them on the on the on the apps on the phone and people are doing them and I'm just like oh no no I yeah. can't be saying habit well, tracker. It's just part. Of <laughs> it's just I'm holding myself accountable. Yeah. It's just part of your lifestyle though. Isn't no, it? yeah, and it is important. It is important to me for sure. Every day, like earlier we spoke about focus. It just gives me like that that focus of like right. Let, let me get my nutrition bang on. Let me let me learn something today. Let me get my sleep bang on. Mm. You know, it just just gives me just a chance to. Every morning, I just look at that and think, right, like, they're the things I've got to do. They're the most important things to me. Yeah, yeah, brilliant, mate. You know what? I'd love to hear because you, you you do a lot of this stuff, and you, clearly you are. In, you know, you said at the beginning you're embodying this Kaizen thing, like 100% you are. What are the other pivotal books that you've had in your life? Like you obviously had a you know a large impact from your dad, who's clearly got a similar mentality and yeah. introduced a lot of these practices to you, but. What other books have been particularly important or pivotal for you? Especially, uh, definitely that first one, that legacy book that I yeah. read, James Kerr, uh, about the All Blacks. Because it wasn't cool, was it, to read at school and that. Like, mm. I was not great at school and it was, never picked up a book. And then I read that and I just couldn't put it down. Like, I, was, like, I was obsessed with the All Blacks. Went to New Zealand just because I love like, the All Blacks. No way. <laughs> read, read about Dan Carter, read about Richie McCall, like, all these great people got like immersed sort of in like the Maori culture. Like I love how like they say they belong to the land and like the land is them, all their ancestors, the people that have come before them. So that was definitely a pivotal like moment for me reading that book. How, how did the book fall in your hands? Steve Black. Oh, he yeah, he, he just said like, do you read? I said, no, I don't read. Like, hmm. I'm not reading. He gave me that book, he said, read this book. And obviously it goes through like the 15 different yeah. um, leadership uh, traits and that. And I just, yeah, I was amazed by it. So how, that, that was important for me. How did you meet Steve Black? Lucky enough through Puma. Okay. Uh, my Puma's my sponsor. My friend was working at Puma. I broke my ankle. I was in a bad place. Like, I broke my ankle. I was, I was 16. And I thought, like, I thought that was it. Like, I thought, like, I'm not going to be playing football for six months. Like, you know, what am I going to do? And, and, and lucky, uh, Eddie Jennings, my mate from Puma, he said, I want you to meet this guy. Your body might be broken, but your mind's not. You can train your mind. And that, that was sort of like the journey, like I started the journey and I promise you, I went to have a coffee with Steve Black. Yeah, I thought, me and my dad went and we thought it'd be like half an hour. We sat there for four and a half hours and I just listened to this man and I just, I was, I was just like, wow. Mm. He just had this presence about him, just was, was special. So yeah, he gave me that book and like <laughs> his car was full of books all the time. Oh, really? Yeah, but he gave me, yeah, Legacy was such an important book for me. I really got into, the, the more I started to read, I started to get into Ryan Holiday. Ryan Holiday. You know, Ego is the Enemy, Obstacle is the Way. Really enjoyed them books. I thought they were quite quite special. So, so Legacy is, so my version of Legacy, the book that started from, it all off for me. Well, technically the first one was um, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Oh, I loved that book. Yeah. yeah, I loved that book. But I was a bit young. To be fair, I was probably about 16, but I was like, it didn't really, it's because it's very spiritual. Very yeah, like, I only I was, read that like a couple of months yeah, ago as yeah, well. So good. But it was The Obstacle is the Way. And then when I went on your profile on Instagram, Ryan Holiday follows you. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I messaged him. Did you? Yeah, I speak to him. Love that. I was, yeah. See, I'm like one of them people that don't, like, I don't care, like, if I'm, like, just out there, like, messaging or mm. speaking to people. Like, like, I read his book and I was sort of, like, taken back by, like, this guy is, like, serious. So 
yeah, I'm gonna message. I want to message him, see if he's gonna like. I want to speak to him about this. So I ended up messaging him, speak to him. Like, yeah, it was it was crazy. Was like now, now he's uh, yeah, now me and him like talk I, talk I, a bit. I did the, I did the same. I, I've spoke to him on email. Yeah, yeah. same thing. I like, buzz off it. Like I think why not? Yeah, they, they have to. Like, they want. They're more than happy because if people come to me and ask me, I'll be like, yeah, let, let, yeah. let's talk. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, his books were good. The monk who sold his Ferrari, I thought that was brilliant. But all my friends, like one of my mates, brought me like the whole Buddha thing because uh, I was like <laughs> turning into that. Like yeah, he, he said I was turning into a monk and that. Like um, the keeper who sold his gloves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I've started getting into like these crazy like super athletes. You know, like I I I don't always agree with his stuff, but David Goggins, like mm -hmm. I think he's insane. But like you know, can you live a life like David Goggins? I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm reading Ross Edgley's at the minute. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm a bit like, you know, like ultra marathon, that sort of them yeah. superhumans. I'm starting to read a little bit more about them. But yeah, definitely legacy, ego is the enemy, obstacle is the way. They're some, they're some of my favorites. And, yeah. and also one of my early ones was Michael Johnson, Slaying the Dragon. Oh, I don't know that one. Yeah, it's a Fair good one. It's like an easy read. Yeah. It'll only take you like a, maybe like a day or two, like easy read. But yeah, that's about goal setting. His, his, nice. uh, his, his way of saying goal setting is slaying the dragon. The dragon is the goal, slaying the dragon. So. Is, that, is that Michael Johnson, the 400 meter runner? Or? Yeah, the sprinter. Is it? Yeah, yeah, the sprinter. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, so awesome. um, yeah, give that a go. Yeah, okay, great shout. I love that. Because I, I find myself flicking between, I mean, I read a lot of those books and sometimes they you know, you can get to the stage where you pick up one too many and I can't, I just like, I'm done with yeah, personal books. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same now. I yeah. pick up a book and I'm like, I've already read this. Like, no, not I've already read it, I've already heard about this or it's just the same, but it's just written differently. Yeah. I, that, 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 and that annoys me now because yeah. I'll start reading, I'll be like, oh, God's sake. So I've started to like, like I said, like read about actual people mm -hmm. and like their stories. Yeah, even to the point where one I read recently was Keith Gillespie, mm. How Not To Be A Football Millionaire. Okay. And it was his story about, you know, how you know, he played for Newcastle United. Yeah. What, like, unbelievable player, but then lost it all, like, gambling and doing all this stuff. And, like, even reading that was, like, sort of, like, gave me something to take away, like, mm. to learn from. Yeah. And that was his story. And, I like, fair play to these people that are yeah. going out they're telling their story in, in, like, a book and letting people like me learn from yeah. it. Yeah, I'm so pleased you just said that because it's funny, like, I've started to read more biographies and autobiographies. And I think because you can glean so much from someone's, it's why I do this. It's why I speak to people because you can you can just learn so much from someone's story. Yeah, you emotionally connect to a story. You, it, it's the the lessons delivered in a different way. So I think that's unreal, mate. I'm, I'm yeah. I think that's in, I think that's why I, obviously now I'm way like mate probably more into pods. Yeah, just because like people are just out there. You're hearing their actual voice, mm. their expressions. You can see how passionate they are. Like when I listen to the the Bradley Simmons one, like how passionate he was about his platform and, and 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 what he does, and even like the the the, the Jake Hall one, how passionate he was about his his work. Yeah. I think sometimes when you're in a book, you sort of can't the expression and, and the, how passionate they are about like t telling their story. Yeah. I think that's great like, when it comes across in the pods. That's a really good point. Also, you can't replace that, like the passion that people have got. Like when you talk to someone who is excited about what they do, like you're sold, you're in, yeah. you get it. And it's yeah, just like, for yeah. sure. For sure, there's nothing better isn't it? When, you, when you're listening to a pod than like just hearing someone talk passionate up, and yeah. you're like, oh my God, this is gonna be yeah. a good walk. <laughs> this is gonna be a good walk. <laughs> Mate, this has been amazing. This has been amazing. So as you well know, we do the same three questions at the end of every episode. Yeah, yeah, sure. Have you prepared for these or not? No, no, yeah, no, right. I haven't even prepared, I haven't. It's just like off the cuff, off the cuff yeah. sort of thing. So Perfect. whatever comes out is natural, do you know what I mean? Yeah, good. So the first is, is there anything you've discovered or come across recently that you're particularly excited about? Definitely the meditation one for me. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm excited to see how far like it can go 
without really like giving it too much thought. Because I think if you think think too much before you meditate, then yeah, what's the point of meditating? But yeah, that's something I've done recently, and I sort of like just when when you get it right, it's it's probably one of the it's up there with like winning a football match. Like when I get my meditation right and I'm just in that state, it's just it's just perfect. Like it's just peaceful bliss like it's everything so mm. for me definitely meditation love that mate well, when you nail it it's up there with the yeah like it's, the yeah it's up there like when i get to the end of my my meditation session and they say <laughs> wiggle your toes and yeah. wiggle your fingers and open your eyes and you open your eyes and you're just like wow like mm. that 10 minutes or you know that whatever that that that's that's flew by and like i feel like i'm in a better state than when i was when i started it I think there's not a better feeling than that. Yeah. And like I, like I said earlier, I can't explain to other people like what it's like. Going to another level of consciousness. That's some, it's, it's coming back to yourself in the moment. Like sometimes I'm like, I don't want to open my eyes now. Yeah. I want to stay in this yeah, state. Yeah, yeah, There's even times like, I don't know if this is a thing you'll probably tell me, but like for like a few minutes, but it feels for ages, like my eyes are shut and I can just see lights, like mm -hmm. loads of colorful lights. Yeah. yeah? And I'm, I'm not thinking about anything but I'm aware that all these lights are here. It's crazy. Like, yeah, it's hard, hard to explain, but meditation well, is huge. A lot of us walk day to day, like disconnected because we're distracted by so many other things. It's back to this focus thing, really. So when we meditate, we have a chance to be very, very present, back aligned with ourselves and connected. And some people are more visual than others. So when you've got your eyes shut, because I, I see shapes and all these things sometimes as well. Some, some won't get that, but yeah, that's cool if yeah. you get it. Nah, it's wicked. So the second one is one habit that you would encourage every listener to incorporate into their day? One habit that I do, that's probably ingrained through my family, is speak to someone that you love every day. Hmm. I probably don't realise how important that is. When I speak to my mum or like every day, I speak to my mum every single day, I speak to my dad every single day. And like when you get someone like that you love on the phone or like even like on FaceTime and that, yeah, I think that's one habit that's, that's massive. And it's something that I, if, if I ended up having children, that's something that I would have that you just speak, it might be like five seconds, it might be like five hours, do you know what I mean? Like, um, I think that's super important. Just on that, I read an article actually about you and, and speaking about your mum coming to watch all your games. Can you just talk a little bit about the impact that that's had? I think there was one example that you used about, I think it was feeling nervous for a game or something Yeah, Preston away, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. my mum, when I was playing at Swansea, yeah, my mum come to every single game, home and away, and there was one game, yeah, we played at Preston and like, uh, I had a bit of an injury, so I was like, just a bit sore and it was cold, it was horrible, it was wet, it was windy. And like, I went out to warm up and I was like, God, not that I wasn't up for it, I was like, I'm sore. So I just feeling sorry for myself. Like, you know, I just like, need to get through this game, need to get through this game. And as I was warming up, there wasn't any, even many people in the stadium. Like, but I saw my mum there, she was wrapped up warm. It was cold, it was horrible, horrible day. She was there in Preston, that come from South London. Mm -hmm. And that, after that, I, like, that day, I was just like, do you know what? And like, it doesn't matter how sore you are, you need to, you need to perform for your mum. Like, I try and make my family proud every single day. And that was just a moment, yeah. Like I see my mum now, I was just like, I need to perform. And I ended up having a worldie, we won one nil, yeah. Like and it's just one of them, one of them, like one of them nice stories, isn't it? But yeah, definitely one habit is definitely speak to a family member, a friend or, or someone like, every single day. I think when I listen to the pod about Bradley Simmons, mm. And you were saying about the mental health. I think that's so important just to know that someone's there and you love them, they love you. It's just so nice for your mental well-being. Yeah, and when if we're struggling with what we're trying to do, a performance or motivation or anything like that, like if we can anchor to those people that we care about as well. 
Yeah, like, so important, yeah. so important. So, yeah, I think, I, I don't know if many people will probably have said that, but yeah, it's definitely one habit that I'd, I'd recommend. Just pick up the phone and speak to your mum, speak to your dad, sister, brother, whatever. Yeah, mate, that's such a good one. I love that. Last one of these is take yourself back to a particularly challenging period in your life. It could be anyone. It could be the, the old injury. It could be any, any situation that comes to mind for you, right? A challenging time. Imagine there's two Freddie Woodmans in that scenario. One of them's gone on to approach all the challenges and achieve all the things that you've done in the way that you have. The version of you is sat opposite me now. One of them didn't do any of those things. What's the key separator between the two Freddie Woodmans? Probably just having that, you know, for example, in my hard time, maybe my ankle, just every day getting up and just, just getting to it. And I know that might sound like silly or might sound like, oh, you, yeah, you're going to say that. But just like, I think you can wait, like when you're going through hard times, you can wake up and you can just be like, ugh, mm. like, ugh, it's me, like hard time, whatever. In my ankle time, I used to just wake up and go like, right, my ankle's broken, that's it, right, let's crack on. Like, let's, let's just get to, get to it. And it probably just comes back to always having, with, with my ankle, like I'm, I love Winston Churchill. Like he's like, like my, my hero, my idol. Um, and he, he said, if you're going through hell, keep going. And like that, that, was, that was me every day. Like I just say it in the mirror, like when I broke my ankle, like your ankle's broken, you're on the road to recovery. If you're going through hell, just keep going. So I used to just get up and just go for it. Just every day, just do what I can, just go for it. So I think, yeah, if you're going through hard times or you know, all that suffering, it has to come to an end sooner or later. It has to come to an end. And when it does, you'll be better for it when, you know, if you just get, get through it and, and do everything right. Legend, mate. Absolutely super. Wicked, yeah. Man, I've loved it. Thank you so much. Mate, it's flown by. It's flown by. It's it been has. serious. Mate, that's an hour and 15. Nah, buzzing, mate. Buzzing. Mate, mate. Legend. Thoroughly enjoyed it, man. Thank you. Wicked. Thanks right. for having me. There it is, guys. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for listening again this week. If you enjoyed the episode, I would love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear anything that stood out, anything that resonated, anything you're going to take into your own life. You can reach out to me at Mark Whittle underscore TF on all socials. And you can also reach out to Freddie at Freddie Woodman on socials too. One of the things I was incredibly fascinated with that came up during that conversation was the idea of individuals versus teams and how perspectives in these activities might shift the way that we think outside of them. For example, Freddie being a goalkeeper and his ability to step back and objectively view situations versus perhaps a central midfielder, someone who sits in the action and has things going on all around them. I would love to hear your thoughts and feelings towards this idea. Have you played individual sports? Have you played team sports? How has that influenced the way that you view the world? Do you work in a team and have a business with a team or are you a solo entrepreneur? Do you work by yourself? And how does this way of operating influence the way your perspective has been shaped? I think there's something in this and I'd be really fascinated to hear your view. Thank you so much to Freddie. He's on an unbelievable journey. He has the whole world ahead of him. I'm excited to see what he gets up to this season as soon as he's back from injury. I hope to see him starting for Newcastle again soon and who knows where his future international career lies. Having played at every single age group in the England setup, it'd be fantastic to see him get an England call up at some stage. Next week, we have a incredible episode again. I can't wait to release this one. 
with two special forces extraordinaires who have left the military to create an incredible high-performance brand called Through Dark. One of the founders, Staz, has also recently featured on SAS Who Dares Wins. And the other co-founder, Louis, is a very interesting individual. It was so incredible speaking with the pair of them and hearing what that transition out of the military was like and that leap of faith into what is an incredibly competitive market. We talk all things facing fear, performance, and it was a special experience going down to their HQ to speak to them. That's coming next week. In the meantime, stay positive, stay motivated, and take flight.